Welcome to Italia Mia, the podcast which brings you all things Italian, interviews, stories, recipes, and more. Italia Mia is brought to you by the sons and daughters of Italy in America. We are dedicated, we are welcoming, we embrace our heritage, and we are fiercely proud of our culture. We fight discrimination and injustice, for example, the assault on Christopher Columbus, and the negative portrayal of Italians in the media. What are the traits that make Italians unique? Well, here is my personal experience growing up Italian. How often did you hear, you never go anywhere, to anyone's home, that is, but you must always bring something when visiting. You cannot go empty-handed. How often did you hear that? Welcoming. There was always a pot of coffee brewing on my mom's stove, and there was that cake, a very, very simple cake, no icing on it, nothing. But she was so proud that she, was, she baked a cake. She was so used to, oh, just making Italian foods, but not desserts. So it was that she, every week she would make this cake. It was, I would say, similar to a pound cake. Like I said, no adornments, no icing, just a simple sponge cake. And the one thing that I noticed growing up is that when Pompari got together, like my uncles and my father, the men would embrace each other, kiss each other on the cheek as a greeting. No, don't do that anymore. And how about the hand gestures? Oh, my goodness, there's a whole litany of them. And as a matter of fact, there's a book about it. Um, and, you know, they didn't, have, they didn't have to speak a word. All they had to do was use their hands. Uh-huh. And then there is the respect for family and teachers and priests and the police. You know, I always maintained that respect was emblazoned on my forehead, even as a baby. And there was always food on the table in abundance, even in hard times. And then mom always knew how to make ends meet. As I said, she would bake her own cake and she would bake her own bread, which I think could have won a prize anywhere. Well, and mom always made sure that the children ate first, that there was enough for the children. God forbid there wasn't enough food for the entire family. Oh, no. And the one thing that I did notice also, at least my father never expressed racism. As a matter of fact, he had a black friend that would come to the house once a week. He was always welcome, and I certainly did admire that. You know that at age 10, my father made sure that I was familiar with the Italian language. He sent me as that we, we were originally from the Bronx, and we went to St. Teresa's Church, and the Good Fathers would teach Italian on the weekends. And my father made sure that I attended those classes, yeah, even at age 10. So that's why, really, I have a love of the Italian language and an immense love for Italy. And then there was discipline. You were expected to be at the dinner table exactly when the food was ready. Sometimes after Mass on Sunday, our friends would get together, and we would just, you know, oh, we would 
walk around the neighborhood and we would talk, and maybe we were 15 minutes late, and my mother's scowl would, you know, that would tell me everything. Don't you ever do that again. When my dinner is on the table, you are expected to be here. And how about those two kitchens? Oh, yes. When we moved to the Bronx and out to Long Island, we had two kitchens, one in the basement that we used faithfully, and then there was the one upstairs that was used only for company. And of course, there was the emphasis on cleanliness. Oh, my goodness. Yes, indeed. Mom was always scrubbing and washing and what have you. And then there was that living room. Oh, yes, Mom had gotten new furniture. But God forbid you didn't sit on it. Oh, no, oh, no, it was covered in plastic. And you know, the living room was sacred. Nobody was to go into the living room. Perhaps company, you know, was welcome to sit down for a while. (laughs) But generally speaking, we were not allowed in the living room. And then there was the love of music. Oh, yes. My dad actually played the concertina, and he loved listening to Enrico Caruso. Oh, yes, he really did love music, and especially opera. And he would tell us, that is really music. And how about the work ethic? Oh, my goodness. You know, comedians now, even stand-up comedians, will allude to the fact that their fathers would say, when they were either age eight or go out and get a job. Do something. Well, my father didn't have to tell me that. I would just normally go to the local candy store and say to the uh, owner, can I please work here? Can I just clean your shelves? And I would do that after school, after elementary school. I would go to the local candy store and I would wipe down the shelves and I got 50 cents a week. Think of it. At age 11 or 12, I was earning money. Oh my goodness. That certainly is Italian. And how about stamina? Oh, this is foremost in my mind. I never saw my mom relaxing in bed or on the sofa, and she never, never gave in to sickness. She used to say, you have to fight it. So I never, never saw my mom just resting in bed or ill. She fought everything. Well, it worked. She lived to be 96 years of age. Her sisters, Rose and Immaculada, lived to be 100 and 101. Now that is stamina. Well, now what I want to do is I want to give you a story. It goes way back. This is when uh, I was in Italy. And actually, I want to emphasize the fact that Italians are so hospitable. They welcome you with open arms. So let me tell you this story. It took place in 1990, along with my sister. Well, she is the inveterate map reader and a skilled driver. So we set out for the mountainous mountainous villages of Lucania in search of ancient recipes. I was going to do a family cookbook. Well, in searing hot weather, we drove through Lucania from the north to the southernmost points. And throughout our motor trip, we experienced unforgettable moments. Well, there is one indelible memory, and that is of the afternoon my sister, the navigator, lost her way. We came upon a scene out of the past. 
A middle-aged woman, barefoot and dressed in black, was attending to wheat that had been placed on a large sheet to dry in the sun. She looked at us with questioning eyes. And then, suddenly, from the doorway of the small farmhouse, no less than eight faces appeared. They studied us for several minutes, and then, in unison, they called out, Venita mangiare con noi! Come, eat with us! Can you imagine? We were strangers, and we were welcomed. They wanted us to sit at the dining room table and eat with them. Well, it was the same everywhere we went. At first, we were viewed with skepticism, but invariably doubt gave way to hospitality. It was in the town of Milionico that we passed a woman, shopping bags in hand, bristly walking along intent on her destination. Come with me, get into the car, she directed us. We knew not where we were going. She led us to a farmhouse where her daughter and son-in-law lived and also a hired hand. He was a young Albanian who had fled his country and was being sheltered illegally. What we had found was a family who spoke only Italian. With no specific village in mind, we stopped at a village where I asked, Sto cercando ricette antiche. I'm looking for ancient recipes. Well, in her tiny kitchen, this lady had stacks excuse me, stacks of old newspapers and oranges stacked up in piles. It was an incongruous sight. She lapsed into the past with stories from World War II. The Germans, she said, only wanted food from us. She proceeded to demonstrate how she made her Sunday pasta. It was a wooden board straddled across two chairs where she would knead the dough. After viewing that, we went on to Bernaldo, the ancestral home of the famous director Francis Ford Coppola. A cheerful elderly woman, obviously happy to be singled out by visiting Americans, asked us to wait as she went into her home and donned an ancient folk costume, which was a long black skirt and lace white blouse. Today, Bernalda is a tourist destination, primarily because Coppola has done extensive renovations to his father's home. It is now proudly referred to as Un Palazzo, and indeed, it does really look like a palace. And what it has done for the tiny village of Bernalda is unbelievable. Tourists flock to that town to see Il Palazzo. Well, I've given you some background on what it was growing up in my home in the Bronx with my Italian parents, and I'm sure you have many stories like that to relate. Well, we will again, we'll go on with this, and we will talk about our experiences growing up Italian. We have lots of stories to tell, and you will hear that. Not perhaps weekly, but from time to time, we'll allude to them on Italia Mia. And you know how to access Italia Mia. You just go to Spotify, either on your smartphone or on the computer, and just type in Italia Mia, Spotify, and up it comes, and it will give you my name.
I am the hostess, Louisa, and I would be so pleased if you would make it a habit to tune in every Sunday to a new episode of Italia Mia. It's been a pleasure for me to reminisce, and I'm sure when you gather together with your relatives, you do exactly the same. Well, to all of you, as I say every week, I wish all of you tante belle cose and ciao, amici.